Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. God's so good. He's so faithful. Let's just pray um, tonight that you hear exactly what God wants you to hear. I have a little... um, outline for you. There's lots of spaces for you to write notes. Um, If you want to follow along and find the places in the scriptures or just find the main text, which would be Mark 5, where we'll be, and write and see what the Lord would speak to you. He says things that I don't say. And so he'll he'll just give you what you need. So let's just pray and trust him. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and your mercies, Father, and your word, which is truth and life and medicine and actually breath. And I thank you this night, Father, that just a breath of your goodness, your mercies hovers over everyone that's here, Lord God, and the inspiration in the word of God makes a difference in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so I felt impressed to begin to talk to everybody tonight about faith and patience. And I know, it's like, okay, wait a second, faith and patience, and with, with, with an emphasis more on the area of patience. And my, my response was exactly like yours. I was like, patience. Now, not the kind of patience like, okay, I'm waiting for something to happen, I mean, I'm waiting in a doctor's office, I'm waiting in line somewhere, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, maybe I'll, you know, eat a snack or I'll look at my phone or watch TV in between while I'm waiting. Not that kind of patience, although that's a lot of times what I've thought. The patience in the Bible talks about perseverance, perseverance, that type of patience, which is biblical, is being able to do something, get through something when it's difficult and when there's delays, to consistently show an effort to trust God when it's not easy. Persistence, persevering under difficult times and with delays. Faith and patience. God says we need them. It actually says we need to add to our faith this word perseverance. It says through, in Hebrews 6, it says through faith and patience, that's how we receive inherit the promises of God. That's how they become a reality in our life. So, if says, then that's what we want to study here is how do we add perseverance to our faith? What exactly even is it? Well, it wouldn't, I couldn't just teach you about being persistent without encouraging you. You have to have faith first. You have to be trusting God first. I'm going to just lightly touch on this, and um, you can expound on it in your studies when you go home 
or I'm sure Janet and Derek will be teaching along these lines too, along the lines of faith. Faith is, and you see in the scriptures, God says to many people that receive healing, according to your faith, what is it you can believe? Because that's exactly what you can receive. What is faith in its most simplest form? And I like simple things because that's how I learn. It's trusting God. It's simply trusting God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 are one of my favorite things. Something that the Lord really impressed upon me as I was praying to begin to say all the time as a response to life. I trust in you, Lord, with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in you. Now, there's two forms of truth or things that we can trust in. We can trust in God and in spiritual things. We can trust in the supernatural power and presence of God to help us. His supernatural power, God's wisdom, God's words actually can override anything in the natural. Now, the natural has a truth too. You can believe and put your trust and lean on that. That would be how I'm feeling, all the physical senses. It would be what the doctor said, the diagnosis. It could be in the treatments that maybe MD Anderson would have available to me. You can begin to trust in the natural, in foods or diets or oils or herbs. You You could trust in the natural. But trusting in God and trusting in his ability and in his words is supernatural. It is above the natural. And guess what? You have to choose where you're going to put your trust. Am in whatever situation you're dealing with, am I going to trust God and what he says which oftentimes sometimes can be different than what's happening in the natural realm? He can use the natural realm to help aid what he's doing in your life with his words, but you always want to strengthen and get stronger in your trust in God first. If you trust in God, Proverbs 3 says, with all of your heart, and you're not leaning and looking to the natural, what you can understand with your mind. In verse 8, it says, it's health or it's medicine to your navel, one translation says navel, or all your inward parts. God, trusting in God, trusting in his words, is healthy and medicine to all your inward parts and strength or moistening to your bones. You can receive that physically if you need or in your body, in, in, to your bones, Or you can even take that emotionally. Thank you, Lord. I can trust you with all my heart for all my emotional well-being and the framework or the core of who I am. I trust you. And guess what? We can make that choice. How you make that choice is by continuing to read the scriptures, faith, Your trust and heart in God will get stronger as you read the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. If you're listening to messages when you come to church, you're strengthening your faith and your trust in God. So God says to us in these scriptures, 
through faith, our trust in God and patience, we inherit and grab a hold of the promises of God. Why do we have to have perseverance with faith? Because you have to think of it like this. Your faith, perseverance, upholds it. It undergirds your faith. Your faith will be tested in life. And sometimes it's not even at a very strong place. You don't need a lot of faith, a little faith. God can do great things. But you will need perseverance to get through difficult things and delays. They happen often when you're believing God and receiving healing. Can you drop hold of your faith? Can you drop hold of a promise that God absolutely gave you? You can. And maybe you have. But if you have, you can pick that up again. I'm so thankful for that. So you could see that you've, you've got to really know. I want to encourage you. Ask the Lord. Be honest. Am I in faith? You could believe that God is a healer, and he is. Do you believe that he can heal you? Have you received your healing? Have you received and had a time where it's like God spoke to me, he gave me a scripture, and I'm not talking about an audible voice, I'm talking about as you read your Bible, a certain verse came to you, and you're like, I know God just impressed that upon me, and I believe that I have received my healing. When you do that, you are in faith. When you are in faith and believe that God and you're trusting God to do something in your life, you're going to need that perseverance, that God kind of patience to undergird your faith, to make it secure, to strengthen it, to support it so that you could go the whole distance. God's really good and he wants us to be strong and to stay strong, not to just start off strong, but to finish strong. He's a good, good, good father. Now, I think it's interesting because in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, it says this, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient or those that would persevere in spirit are better than the proud in spirit. Again, we're talking about patience being uh, persistent, having perseverance, being able to get through difficulties. I could speak to this, and I want to just share a little bit of my story. I definitely had to persevere. I had to get through a good bit of time of difficulties and delays. And so I so understand. Now I kind of get it. That's what had to happen with me. I had faith. I had faith. And then, but I just kept on, okay, I'm going to persevere through this. I'm not going to let difficulties cause me to let go of what God has put in my heart. I had pancreatitis, acute and chronic pancreatitis. After surgery, they tried to unblock a duct and it was unsuccessful. By the time they finished, they said there was nothing they could do for me at all. Any one of the acute attacks could be fatal, and I was having three a week. 
they said that every time I had one of those, it was damaging the pancreas further. It was extremely painful at this time. I believed that God was a healer. I believed that he could heal. I believed the scriptures. I really didn't believe or receive healing for me in the very beginning. My daughter came to me. She was seven years old at this time. My oldest was nine, and Michael was five months old. After the surgery, nothing worked. Doctors actually told me there was nothing they could do for me, and my father just died of cancer. Christina comes. She's seven years old. She sits on the couch. She's antsy, and she's like, um, Mommy, I was just, I was wondering... I just, she had this really scared look on her face. She said, are you, are you going to die too? Are you going to die? And I said, no, no, I am not going to die because I believe in healing. But I knew on the inside, in the quietness of my own heart, like you will know too, I didn't believe in healing for me. I hadn't received healing for me. And I really believe with a whisper in my heart, not a voice, I just sensed if you're going to live like you just told her, you'll have to fight a fight of faith. You'll have to receive this and be strong in it. I, I didn't understand it at first, but the look on her face, I'm like, I just told her, my seven-year-old, that it's going to live because I believe in healing, but I know I don't have it. I went up to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to healing classes there. Keith Moore was teaching at that time. The classroom in the afternoon was a large classroom. They had classes morning and in the afternoon. He walks by down the aisle and he says this, and I'm on the aisle, like right here. He says, so what's going to happen to you? And in my heart, I didn't say anything out loud. I just thought, I have absolutely no idea what is going to happen to me. He walked back up the aisle. He says, we don't have it yet. I'm going to teach some more on faith and how to receive healing. And I was like, did he just hear what I said? How do I need to receive my healing? I listened to the messages as I was there. It was July 1st, 1993. In between the sessions, I went back to the little place where I was staying and I prayed. And I had mentioned this last time. I was praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I thought, Father, I just talked to him just real natural. Like if I die right now, I know in heaven I'm going to be healed because I know you're a healer. Believe that. But this, the Lord's prayer says on earth as it is in heaven. Is it your will for me to have healing on earth? Well, it would have to be. I can't explain it, but like you'd put a coin in a gum machine, something dropped in, in me. I went, I got it. 
if it's your will for me to be healed, and I would be healed if I was in heaven right now, then it's my will to follow your will that I'll see healing on earth and fulfill my days. And I just received my healing. I called Alan. I said, I, I got it. I received my healing. He said, do you feel any different? I said, you're the one that went to Bible school. It's not based on feelings, right? I can't believe it. No, not feelings, not the natural. I'm not trusting. In the, no, I don't feel any better at all. But God spoke to me a scripture. I had a scripture and his word supersedes and can overcome and triumphs over any kind of thing in the natural. It doesn't even matter what diagnosis or anything that's happened. God could say something and speak to you. And if you'll choose and put your trust in him and persevere and get through difficulties and delays, in the end, you'll see it'll be better. God's endings are so good. He ends everything good. His promises are good. That's why before I ever watch a movie, I'm like, how does it end? Because if it doesn't end good, I don't want to see it at all. I always, I'll too, I'll read the last chapter in a book. I'm like, if this thing doesn't, I don't want to get through some chapters. But if the ending is good, I can get through some chapters. I want to encourage you. If God has spoken a word to you, you need to hang on to that. It's got a good ending to it. You can get through chapters. You can get through some difficulties. You can get through some delays to the ending. When you know the ending, you hold on to that. If you haven't gotten one yet, that's why you're here. And I believe God's going to speak a specific word that's very meaningful to you between your heart before the God. But it's a good question. What is going to happen to you? A minister in Australia, her husband ended up in the ER and all his organs were shutting down. And she asked him, her husband, she said, how's this going to end? How's it going to end? He said, the healing power of God's working in me. By his stripes, I'm healed. It's going to end up with me healed. And it is. He's alive and well in ministering. How's it going to end with you? What's the ending? What's the promise God's given you? If you put your trust there and you persevere, you'll come through. God's so good. He wants us to. It's his will. He longs for us to be able to get through anything, physically, emotionally. So I want to show you a story here, a passage in the scriptures of a man named Jairus. Janet talked to him in her last message. Well, I studied it, and, and I'm teaching it right now. So that's how much I studied it. But I want to read this to you, break it down just a little bit so that you could see what he has to do and what we can do to get stronger in our faith. With He's so good and merciful. So in verse 21 of Mark 5, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, so he's coming out of the boat by the sea, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. This is a notable man. He's a ruler. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. She is just about to die. This prognosis, this diagnosis is really bad. 
Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Faith is present tense. You have it in you. When you have faith, when you believe, it's present tense. She will live. He has faith. You could hear it right there. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. There's a ton of people around at this time. Now, I went to Rome one time, and I understood a throng. I would never want to drive in that city because people are just, they, they're, they're crowding the streets. I don't know how you get by. They're so crowded and so close to you. Some of my cousins were so close to me. I was like, I can smell your scalp of your hair. We're too close. We don't do this in America. You know, I mean, throngs, you're touching. Everybody's touching each other. So that's the kind of crowd that Jesus is in as he's following Jairus to his house. Is it so sweet that Jesus, yeah, I'll go and I'll lay hands on your daughter. And Jairus is like, she's going to live. You do that. She's going to do. She's going to live. I love that Jesus and our Lord God, who's so big and great and mighty, loves us so much, he will come into our life. He will work in our life. He will speak to you in the way that you need him to speak to. He's so kind, so good. You can put your trust in him, and you can really get stronger in that area. Now, so there's this big throng of people, and all of a sudden, I'm not going to read this part because it takes a long time. We're talking about delays, right? Here Jairus is going. You know he's like, okay, I, I got to get to my daughter. And there's this certain woman. She doesn't even have a name. She's on the other end of the scale. She's not a ruler. Nobody knows who she is. She's hemorrhaged for 12 years, spent everything she had. She suffered greatly. She just decides... I'm going to take a chance. Go in the middle of this throng. She goes low. If I, she says, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That's all I have to do. He doesn't even have to know I touched him. I don't even have to touch his person. I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment. She touches it, him, in this mass of people, and Jesus stops and goes, the healing power of God just went out of me into somebody else. And she felt it in her body too. And he stops. The disciples are like, you're kidding, right, Jesus? I mean, there's a lot of people here. What do you mean? What do you mean who touched you? Because he goes, who touched me? Who, 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 everybody's touching. No, somebody touched me and grabbed hold of me in a different way and received healing. And she touched his hem. It's like grabbing a hold of a promise. You can get healing that way. Isn't it interesting? Jairus is like, come and lay your hands on my daughter, please, and she'll live. This woman's like, all I have to do is touch his garment, or you could say that touch a promise, and I'll live and be made whole. So she knows that he stops and delays and tells her whole story. This took some time. Can you imagine how Jairus feeling? Oh my goodness, my daughter, my daughter is at death. He doesn't say anything. 
He probably could have said a lot. This woman isn't supposed to even be in public, but he didn't. He stayed with Jesus. Look what he did too. He worshiped him when he came there. Your Lord, your leading, you're my help. I concede everything of what I want to do to you. And if you pause and stop, well, okay, I'll persevere. I'll persevere through what's difficult. Does it mean that everything ended up, no. You know what happened? What was bad got worse. In verse 35, while Jesus was yet speaking to the woman who was healed, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. There's no need to even trouble the teacher any further. But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, this is a very important thing. What happens when you get bad news and it goes worse? What is your response? Jesus says immediately, don't be afraid, only believe. He had some faith. If you lay hands on my daughter, she will live. But right here, it's like, don't let go of your faith. Don't be afraid, only believe. Stay with me is basically what Jesus is saying to Jairus. Don't leave and let go now. Jesus actually pulls himself away from the crowd. He goes, Peter, James, and John, you're going to come with me, and we're going to finish the journey to the house. When he gets to the house, there's so many people there weeping and wailing, and he goes, why is everybody making this big ado at this time? Don't do that. She's just sleeping. It's amazing that the people that were weeping and wailing all of a sudden turn real scornful. Jesus. Do you know that scorn and sarcasm is often unbelief? Think about it. Yeah, really? You think, you think that God can do something for you? You think that that's unbelief. Jesus moves away from that. He says to Jairus, they're going to have to go. We need faith here. Who's going to trust and remember? Are you going to trust in what God can do? Supernatural, above the natural. Or are you going to trust in what the natural says? It's easy to stay here. We live in the natural realm. That's why you have to saturate yourself and listen to the words of what God would say to you to stay over where you're leaning on and trusting and strengthening and supporting your faith in God. He's so good. So Jesus goes in and he sees, he goes in with Peter, James, and John. Verse 41, he takes the child by the hand. I love this. He takes the child by the hand and he goes, Talitha Kumi, which is translated little girl or some translations say little darling, sweetheart. I say to you, arise. It's time to get up now. It's time to be healed now. That's the word the Lord would speak. And immediately the little girl rose up <clears throat> and walked. She was 12 years of age. 
she was as old as that woman with the, that was hemorrhaging, had her illness 12 years. And they were overcome with amazement. And he commanded them, now strictly don't tell anyone this, but she needs something to eat. It's interesting, God uses the natural. He's not against the natural, but we don't trust in the natural. Our trust is in God. He's like, he's so kind. I just love what, what Jesus does. He grabs the hand. That is a verse that when I was in the hospital and everything went wrong, I just, I held on to. The only thing I could see because I had tubes everywhere was my hand. And Isaiah came to me, 41.13, where the Lord said, I'll hold your right hand and I'll say to you, don't be afraid, I will help you. God can take us by the hand. He can uphold us as we undergird and uphold our heart and our faith and our trust in God. He upholds us. He takes us by the hand. He says what no one else can. He says, you can come up out of this. You can rise up out of this. God can get you out of anything. When medical science or a situation or the tragedies of the past have happened to you and they leave you with no hope at all, God's words are like, I can heal you of all diseases. By the stripes that were on Jesus, you can and are healed. It's very present tense. He says he lifts sicknesses and carries the pains away. He says he soothes the grief that we would have and strengthens us with his mouth. That's why I love reading my Bible. And that's what I did. I didn't have anything in the natural that I could depend on. The only way for me to live, the only way for me to keep my word to my daughter that I gave her was to go to the scriptures and begin to strengthen my faith in God. I just had a little faith. And I'd say no faith at first. I was not in faith, even though I believed that Jesus was a healer. And this is where you have to go, but Father, I want to be honest. Where am I? I want to examine myself. Am I in faith? What do I think the end of this is going to be? That's how you answer that question. Are you going to come through? Are you going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord? Are you going to sleep at night and have peace? Are you going to see restoration? What's going to happen? What do you believe is going to happen in the end? Because if you believe God's goodness and mercies and miracle working power is going to happen at the end, you can get through some things. You can persevere. You can get through difficulties. And that's why he says, through faith and patience, we inherit and get the promises of God. Okay, now, so what, what else does this word patience, perseverance do for us? It, it matures us, the scripture says. It grows us. It develops us, actually. In James 1, 3, and 4, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces a patience or a perseverance. 
but you have to let patience and perseverance have a perfecting, maturing work in you. You have to let it work that you would be perfect and complete and you wouldn't lack anything. You know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy about that word patience, but it's all over the scriptures. In fact, it says God is a God of patience. He is a patient God. He waits for people to get saved. He's so good to us. He perseveres. We can persevere. And if we trust in him, what seemed impossible is never impossible with God. So will your faith and trust in God be tested? Yes, it will. But if you'll allow perseverance to continue, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep on when it's hard. I can't tell you physically how difficult it was. I had three young children. Alan was working like crazy. Our finances, you know, we were barely making it. I barely function in my body, but I did what I could do. I used to have to have someone come in and hold Michael because I couldn't lift him. It caused more problems. I actually could not lift him. So I'd have someone come while Alan left to work, and she would, she would hold him and pick him up and then put him on the floor for me until Christina and Matt, my two older kids, came home. And they could carry him. He was, and he was a real chubby little one, too. I was like, you know, it would help <laughs> if you didn't weigh so much, maybe, you know. But I needed a thin little one for this situation. But that's not what happened. I had to persevere. My two oldest kids remember me climbing up the stairs like, basically crawling. They remember me not looking too good at all. There were so many people that came to me. Oh, you look really bad. How are you really doing? And you know what I kept saying? After I received my healing, I kept saying, the healing power of God is at work in me, bringing about a healing and a cure. They're like, yeah, but I said, no. And I wasn't saying it for them. I was saying it out of a, a real place in my own heart before God. The healing power of God is at work in me. When I'd have pain, when I'd have to lay down, the healing power of God is at work in me. I had hands laid on me after I received that. I kept saying hands were laid on me. The healing power of God is at work in me. And I kept reading and reading and reading the scriptures. I had to turn away a lot of things I didn't have strength to do. I thought I have strength, I have to have enough strength to read the scriptures. I'd say to Alan, get me up in the morning. He's like, You've, I was on a lot of medication. He's like, I feel bad about that. You need to rest. I said, just sit me up, sit me up because I would just lean forward uh, just it was a thing to try to get out of pain with the pancreas. So I'd lean just kind of over. He's, I said, sit me up because that's the, that's the only way I'm going to live. I have to read the scriptures. I told Christina I was going to live. And I'm going to keep my words to her there. But more importantly, I'm going to keep my word to the Lord. If it's his will, it's my will. And there's a way to come through this. It didn't look good at all. 
for a long time. I had a doctor say, we really need to do this, really. There's one other surgery. Take the whole pancreas out if you could live through that. I was like, I knew right away, no. I know I'm not supposed to do that in the natural. And he got mad. He was a Christian doctor. He got mad. And he, he just slammed the file on the paper. I said, well, I believe in miracles. He said, you're going to need one. And I didn't respond. I just said, I just, Lord, I just believe I have one. I believe the healing power of God. So I didn't, I, I had to get to where I wasn't moved by the natural. I wasn't trusting in that. And I wasn't asking the doctors to do anything that they couldn't do. I was trusting in the scriptures. That's all I had. And I'm alive today. And it's the grace and mercy of God. Did I do it all right? No. Did I have tons of faith? I started with zero. And then I had just a little bit. Let me show you this scripture. We actually need perseverance, patience, that God kind of patience in our life. It says this in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Look, you can throw away your confidence in God. You can throw away your trust in God. You can throw away the promise that God gave you. But you could pick it up again too. You could throw it away, which it has a great reward. You don't want to cast away the things of God. There's a reward with God. He always ends things good. I love that about him. He is good. He'll always be good. He does good things for us. There's nothing, no shadow of darkness in him at all. Every good thing, every perfect thing is from him. And so with him, you'll have a good ending. No matter what's happened, you'll have a good ending with him. There's a reward. But look at the next part of this, Hebrews 10, 35, and 36. For you have need of patience. You need it. He says you have need of perseverance so that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. You need perseverance. You need to be able to get through some difficulties. Sometimes for me, I had to get through pain. Pastor Osteen, Joel's father, John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen called me. He said, Joy, how are you doing? I said, um, I'm good. He said, are you fighting? He'd always, I was like, you're fighting. I'm like, I'm fighting. I'm doing my best. But he says, okay, tell me a little bit. How are you doing? I said, the pain is getting to me a little bit. The pain. I'm trying to manage doing the best I can. I'm reading and praying the pain. He said, Every time you take your medicine, you take that scripture. You read the scripture. You read the scripture and you believe that God's word, God's power greater than pain. I'm laying there one day. Alan went to teach. We didn't stop life. We did everything we could because I'm like, I'm going to act like the healing power of God is at work in me. I can't do everything, but what I can do, I will do. And so I'm laying there and I'm like, Lord, thank you. You're good to me. And I, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world greater is he and I'm like greater are you than pain you're greater than pain you're greater than pain and I started thanking God you're greater than pain and I tell you it was a turning point at that point pain didn't bother me anymore I and it started to lift 
I used to have to order 500 pills a month. That was just for the pancreas to eat in addition to pain medications. It was embarrassing when I went to the pharmacist. I'm like, she's like, <gasps> I said, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay alive. I don't take any of that. That didn't happen overnight. Little by little, I was like, I didn't have pain. I, don't, I can skip that. I don't need that. I actually pray and ask the Lord. I kind of made it a game. Father, I'm asking that this pancreas start to work right, pain lift off of me. It actually began to lift off of me faster than the pain medication could work. I'm like, it takes 30 minutes? Okay, Lord. I've, so I just kind of just stay in there, even when it was hard. I want to encourage you, stay in there with God. Stay in there with the scriptures. Stay coming to church. Stay coming to the classes because you're watering the seeds of the word of God. Okay, so it took a longer time. Halfway through, I was like, Lord, I'm not getting worse, but I'm not really getting better yet. It's kind of like I stopped this train from going in the negative. I didn't stop it. Your word did. You did. How, do we say, how does it get to go in the positive direction? I was at a point of casting away my confidence, my trust, some of what God had spoken to me, and I got from him. And I knew it in, in my heart of scripture came, not in my natural ears. In my heart of scripture came. The kingdom of God, it says, like a farmer. He plants seeds and he throws seeds on the ground. And he doesn't know how they grow up. But they grow up. First the blade and then comes the corn. He said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's one of the smallest seeds there is. And it grows and becomes greater than any other herb or tree there is with large branches so that birds can come and lodge under it. And I knew a whisper in my heart, have, you have the seed of the word of God. You have mustard faith seed. It's growing and becoming greater than the pancreatitis. It's growing and becoming greater than the diagnosis. Don't give up now. But I knew I could. Right there, I could cast away my confidence. This is hard. It's not getting better. It's taking a little time. It's a delay here. Jairus stayed close to Jesus. We stay close to God and his words. In Psalm 63, it says, my soul follows close behind you and your right hand upholds me. If you'll stay close to the Lord and add perseverance to your faith, not only are you going to uphold your faith, undergird it, secure it from underneath, but God, you're close enough to him that he will uphold you and grab a hold of your hand and you'll rise up out of everything and anything. That's who our God is. And if it's never happened to you, it's supposed to happen to you for the first time. And if it's happened to you, it's supposed to happen to you time and time and time again because that's who our God is. He's so, so faithful. You know what he told me with the mustard? You just had a very little faith. And I had a big diagnosis, a big situation. 
but it wasn't too big for God. I just had to strengthen my trust in God. I had to persevere and allow it to grow and become greater than the diagnosis. And it did. God's word heals. Trusting in God heals everything on the inside of us to our bones, to the core of who we are, even emotionally. And then the last thing, James 5.11 says this, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the patience or perseverance of Job, and you've seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Very compassionate, very merciful. But remember what Job had to do. He had to persevere. And he says, remember the patience of Job. Remember, he stayed in there with God. He stayed close to God. Stay close to the scriptures at this time and let them become such a part of you. And if God's spoken a word to you, don't let it go. Hold on to it. Speak it all the time. I told you that I answered people as they asked me, healing power of God's at work in me, bringing about a healing and a cure. Like, where'd you get that? It's the phrasing of Jeremiah 33, 6, another one of my favorite scriptures, where God actually says, now take this personally. I believe he's speaking it to you. Behold, he says, I will bring a healing and a cure. I will cure you. Cure you. If the doctor says you're cured, you're clean, it's over. That's the end. A cure. There's an end, and it's a good end. It says, remember the ending of Job? It was better than it was before. God could give you more strength. God could use you more in your latter days than you ever dreamed could ever happen to you. God does the sweetest wine at the wedding of Cana. At the last part, the last part could be the best part. Don't miss the, the good part that God has for you. I would have missed this day with the church completely if the Lord just, just hadn't continued to encourage me. Stay in there. Don't give up now. Stay with the scriptures. And eventually, it all began to move positive. And no one could understand it. No doctor could. There was no test to explain it. Healing power of God was at work. It brought about a healing and a cure. It's over. There's, there is an end to what you're going through. And with God, it's a good end. You can get through a few chapters and difficulties and have that persistent, persevering patience added to your faith. And you're going to come through. So let me just pray for you here. Father, I thank you so much for every person. And whatever they're going through, whatever difficulty, whatever delay, Lord, you're God and you're good and you're faithful. And I ask you to continue to encourage their heart and give them promises, Father, that they will see the end, healing, a cure, a finish, a clearing, a soundness. Oh, Father, I just thank you, Lord God. These people, you grab them by the hand. You tenderly speak to them in a way that they hear your voice 
and they hear you say, come on, it's time to wake up and arise out of this. And it'll be astounding, Father, to their own life in particular, but to anyone who sees and knows them. And it speaks of who you are, the Lord our God, a healer, the one who sweetens any bitter experience. And I thank you for your healing mercies that hover, hover over us at this time and in this class, in each heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. He's so good. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.